0: This is The Grid, presented by American Shield Roofing and Construction, LLC. When you find yourself needing a roof repair and are looking for a roofing company, American Shield Roofing and Construction is happy to meet your needs. When dealing with a roofing company, you need a roof contractor who's dependable, who can arrive on time, and provides you a quality new roof in a timely manner. Our goal is to present you with honest, accurate information, quotes, and estimates. Call us at 361-343-7018 or visit us at americanshieldroofing.com. Proud title sponsor of the 2021-2022 Victoria Advocate Varsity Cup Awards. I'm Sam Fowler, Assistant Sports Editor at the Victoria Advocate, joined as always by Mike Foreman, the Sports Editor, and Jeremiah Sosa, Sports Reporter, as we get ready to dig into Episode 4 of The Grid. We're going to try and wrap this thing up pretty quick. I think Mike wants to go watch the, the unveiling of the new Ford Mustang. That's an, that's an inside joke. Anyone who knows, Mike knows he's, he is all in on uh, on that. So we'll try and get this thing going as quick as possible. First, make sure that you're interacting with us. Send us your questions either via email, Twitter, or Facebook. You can send us an email at Sports at vincad.com. You can reach us through Twitter at Advo Sports, or you can message our Facebook page by the same name. So we're gonna get right into it. I mean, week week three was kind of kind of interesting and maybe not necessarily in the best ways for a lot of a lot of area teams. Specifically, the two Victoria ISD teams. We'll start off with. Friday night's game at Memorial Stadium where Victoria West they looked good. They looked good. They scored twice in the first. They scored 10 points in the first 6 minutes and they looked like they were going to cruise against Dallas. Instead, they give up 16 unanswered points. This is the second time in school history that Victoria West has opened a season 0 and 3 and they're in their bye week right now, but as I said last week going into a bye week not fun when when you're coming in off of a loss here's what Jeremiah Baldwin had to say following the loss uh yeah we definitely got a gut punch uh, but it's something we can work on and uh, we just gotta learn how to uh, maintain the game and uh, control it to where we uh, come out on top. Uh, the potential is definitely there. We just got to see it and believe it. And once that belief comes, uh, I believe we, we can be a good football team. You heard Baldwin right there. I mean, th- there is the potential there. I mean, it's kind of the same story. Uh, both schools, East and West, a lot of talent, a lot of good kids. It's just a matter of believing, and, and it's tough to do that when, you know, you've been in these close games and, and, and you lose – and it also doesn't help when Camden Repper, the junior quarterback, gets sacked four times. I mean, it's an it's an inexperienced O line trying to grow up and, and and mature in a fast way. Head coach Courtney Boyce wasn't happy about that, and and he had this to say about his O line.
1: Yeah, I mean they're they're getting better every game. That was a really good D line. I mean, uh, very strong, very big uh did you know they do a good job um you know push out with them you know we just gotta i gotta see the film and you know see what went on but we gotta believe in ourselves and we gotta continue to believe in what we're doing i do
0: but west is going on that it's by week this week so a chance to get better and a chance to just kind of wash away the non-district because they'll get they'll get going again next week a thursday night game down at cavernous stadium in corpus christi against corpus christi king That'll take us to Victoria East, who was on the road, and Jeremiah. You know, we we talked about it. This was gonna be tough. I mean, even though GP had, uh, even though uh, they were without their starting quarterback, they still had they still had a solid group with with Dalvin Batts, uh, Dooms. The GP just seemed like they can plug in a bunch of people, and that's what happened in a. Forty-nine to twenty-eight loss for East, and it's the first time in Victoria ISD history that East and West have both started the year zero and three. Jeremiah, just kind of looking at that result, what's what's your biggest takeaway, and what what does East need to do to write this ship to hopefully get into the playoffs once district starts?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, you look at the box score and um, offensively, East they had they had some decent. Um, you know, decent finishes from from uh, Jaden Williams. I think he had about 313 yards passing, and Ja'Carian Giles. He had another 100-plus yard uh, rushing game. Um, but it, it was really the defense that struggled to stop. Uh, you know, backup quarterback uh, Reed Dooms in the in the third quarter. He had about three touchdowns, and he finished the game with six total touchdowns on on East defense. And you know, these past three games that it seems like East defense has really struggled to to s- slow down the the quarterback in the passing game. Um, i think really if if east wants to you know continue to contend with teams and you know make that playoff run uh later on in the season they're going to have to they're going to have to start slowing down some teams quarterbacks and you know also just get some get some more production out of Daniels and uh Daniels and Giles and and that um Titans offense so you know obviously a tough loss but you know like sam said earlier both teams are going into the bye week this week and you know they're going to have to they're going to have to step up after after this bye week and go heading into district
0: play And East will be at home to open district on, well, I'm trying to figure out what day it is, but my brain's not working. The 23rd, the 23rd, they'll be at home at at Memorial Stadium to open up play in district. But then we'll go, we'll go up the road to Jackson County. Now, Mike, you, you got to see a really incredible game. Rufurio comes back to, to beat Edna. 40 to 22 and get head coach jason herring his his 200th win in pretty incredible fashion before we get to mike this is what he this is what mike heard from jason herring after the bobcats win
1: yeah i'm super proud i don't want it to be about me i'm grateful i'm 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 humble god's blessed me but these 200 wins goes to all the coaches i mean all the coaches and the kids that have helped us accomplish this uh but to be honest with you, I couldn't think of a better two hundred win because we came in as twenty seven point underdogs and we're young, we're puppies, and this team grew up, so I'm not gonna lie to you, it's super, super special, but I want it to be about the kids.
0: Typical Jason Herring answer right there. I mean, he always wants to to defer the credit to to the players and, and those around him, and he does a great job getting a good staff and getting his always getting his players prepared. But you look at this, I mean, they were trailing going into halftime, and they rattled off 27 unanswered points. It seems like is kind of finding a groove, huh, Mike?
1: Right. I I actually never saw that 27-point spread like uh, Coach Herring said. And, you know, coaches have a tendency to exaggerate things, and that's fine. But they were underdogs. There's no question about that. Edna was undefeated. Huge team. But uh, – I was very impressed with Refurio in the second half. There are a number of things that uh, caught my attention. One is uh, the quarterback, uh, Keelan Brown, um, he had a really bad start. He fumbled a snap. He threw two interceptions in the first half. Now, he's only a sophomore, and you would think that maybe that would get a sophomore kind of down, you know. But he bounced back, and he played a tremendous second half. His passes – uh he found open receivers, he, most of his throws were on the mark, so tremendous there, also their running game picked it up, uh, and that surprised me, because Edna, as you know, has a huge defensive front, but Refurio was able to run the ball enough to where they, uh, were able to keep Edna honest, uh, very encouraging win for Refurio, because, uh, they like uh coach Herring keeps saying this is a very young team and uh this is the kind of thing that it really kind of surprised me that this has happened so fast uh i thought they would be really good but i thought it would take a little more time and if they can continue the uh level of play that they uh they uh they showed against Edna they're going to be a force to be reckoned with um Now, turning the page to Edna, I know Coach Mitchell was very disappointed, Uh, you know, after um, he wasn't real happy after Bay City, although I think after he watched the tape, he realized Bay City was better than he thought they would be, but uh, I know he wasn't happy after this because Edna just didn't execute in this game, and, uh, you know, you can't, turn the ball over five times and expect to win. Uh, they had three interceptions. They muffed a punt. They muffed a kickoff. So uh, those kind of things can happen. And uh, I still think Edna is going to be a, a good ball club uh, before all is said and done. But uh, this, they obviously have some things to work out after this game.
0: We'll move up to DeWitt County and rivalry game between Yokum and Quero that it was over before it even started, it seemed like. Quero looking like the dominant force that it has all season rolls to a seventy five to six win over the their county rivals Yokum. And as Mike Foreman tweeted out after the game, most points ever scored by one team. In the 113 games in this rivalry, head coach Jared Fikach, he was extremely happy. Here's what he had to say: I think I think we you know we,
2: we played really really well in all three phases of the football game. Um, kids came in focused. We ran around really well on defense. We're very physical on defense. Executed the game plan, and then we took care of the ball on offense. Uh, we, we've got an explosive offense that can make you know that that got a lot of guys that can score. And so I think I think I give a big big tribute to our offensive line. I think they played really really well tonight. Um, and so it was just an all around great team effort.
0: Jeremiah, you were there, and I mean this thing this thing it was what fifty four nothing at at the half and Cuero behind Mason Nataro and 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 all the speed and skill and that just the one of the strongest defenses in the state. They just cruise against the, against the yokrum team that's that's down battling injuries. What did you see from that game? What stood out to you from Cuero's performance?
2: Yeah, well, in the in the first quarter, you could tell Cuero, uh, you know, their game plan going into the game was just to run the ball, hand it off to to Tyson Williams and Xyler uh, Jones, and then you know they they were doing pretty they were pretty successful with that. I think they had a few touchdowns, but it was really in the second quarter when uh, quarterback Mason Nataro he he really showed up. I think he had like four touchdowns, and, you know, the Yokum defense just had a hard time uh, slowing him down. I think they had, like, two two drives, or it was just one-play drives, where Nataro found, like, I think he found Williams for a 52-yarder, and then he had another 60-yard touchdown or something like that, but it was just, like, it was a hard, um, you know, hard, hard hard game for the Yokum defense, um, and then on, on Yoakum's offensive side, of, side of the ball, they had a uh, tough time, you know, um, just get really doing anything. I think they only had six six first downs, um, but you know, it was, it was in part of Yokum's offensive, but it was mostly Quero's defense. I mean, they had Sean Burks, um, you know, they have like, they have real good talent on, on that defensive side of the ball. So, you know, it was just a an overall dominant performance from Quero. I think they had eight total touchdowns. Um, they they even had an offensive lineman uh, running a five yard touchdown. So it was just a, a big dominant performance for Quero and, you know, it should, uh should set them up good for the rest of the season.
0: With the win, Quero moves up to number four in the state, and Quero continues that climb. They've been impressive all year long. We'll go back to Jackson County and our friend Kevin Allstrom. He got to see a very, very entertaining game. Ganado wins over East Bernard 27-22, to and senior Kyle Burst Guerrero finds receiver Kane Hayden for the winning touchdown with two minutes, five seconds left, and Ganado Gets the win over East Bernard. I know we've talked about East Bernard kind of being, maybe not being the East Bernard of old, definitely not a, from the days of the legendary Shane Leckler, but you look at it, it's still a good win regardless because of the tradition that East Bernard has. And you look at Ganado, they're 3-0, and there's a good possibility after this week heading into district play in in two weeks that the Indians could be 4-0 and when they when they get ready to face Shiner and Mike what what do you make of of what head coach Josh Irvin's doing so far I mean he inherited a, a great team coming in for his first year as he got promoted and it seems like they're kind of picking up where they left off.
1: Well, I would say that, uh, Josh Irvin has injected a lot of energy into that program. Um, I think the kids really like him. They respond to him. Uh, you could kind of see it at seven on seven this summer. They, uh, they made it to the state tournament, uh, actually, uh, won, won a game up there and, uh, you could kind of see things kind of start to click. And, uh, I think, uh, the belief systems there and what he's doing, which is always like we talked about, very, very important. Um, they have Danbury this week. If they can win that game, they'll go in the district at four and O, which will be, uh, you know, which w- is where you want to be when you go in to play Shiner. Now we talked about East Bernard, uh, Shiner's got them this week. Uh, Obviously not the East Bernarda pass, but it's not a bad East Bernard team. It's just a very young East Bernard team that I expect uh, to be there once it goes to district play. So a really big win, especially like you mentioned, coming, you know, in the last two minutes and five seconds. Those are really confidence builders to let you know that, you know, you can do it when you have to.
0: Then we'll take a look at possibly one of the most surprising teams this season, and it's it's one of the blue bloods in our region. Hallett'sville takes down Van Vleck 42-14. to Maybe not the result that and that makes this surprising, but Hallett'sville, which head coach Tommy Pensick said was extremely young. Their offensive line needed needed time to gel. They haven't missed a beat. They're 3-0. and They're in the top 10 now. Hallett'sville is... Is ready to to go make a run I, I, again. I think. I think they can. I think they're proving they can play with anyone, and that this team has matured a lot over these over these three weeks, beating beating Shiner, or beating Van Vleck, and picking up where where they've left off the last two years. And seeing this, Mike, and, well, we'll also touch on the other team that cracked the top ten. B-Ville, 47 14 winners over Bishop. They they get into the class four A, Division I rankings at number nine, Hallisville at number ten in three A Division One. And Mike, you know, this is kind of why we love this is why we love this job. You get some of these teams that you know can be pretty good, but you're never quite sure. And then they come out and they do things like this, and both of these teams three and and maybe a little bit surprising just when you see Howitzville and Beville playing like this, what does that do for parity in, in our region?
1: Well, the first thing it tells you that both those teams are well-coached. Um, I think uh, Howitzville's case, uh, what, what I've seen is uh, they're playing really good defense. And, I mean, let's face it, you hold Shiner to, what, seven points? That's uh, quite an accomplishment. And uh, they've done that week to week. Now, granted, uh, they're starting out playing mostly teams that are from lower classifications, but that's fine. I mean, this gives them a chance to build, and they're building. And uh, every week, I'm sure they're getting better, which is your goal. You want to get better week by week. And, uh, you know, knowing what Tommy Pensick is doing, he's leaning on. He's able to – what he's been able to do, I think, is take the talent that he has and find what works best for them, and that's what good coaches do, and uh, that's what Howitzville's been able to do so far. Um, you know, they've they, they played good defense, and they have some speed up there. That's one thing I know that, that uh, we saw coming into the season is that Howitzville uh, had speed. It was just a matter of uh, whether or not they could come around up front. And uh, I'm sure that that's probably still a work in progress. But uh, you know, they are where they are, and they have a good chance to keep keep going with that success.
0: On the other side of this break, we will take a look at. Yeah. Yeah, week. Four I'm joined four by I mean, B.J. Nelson, B.J. Uh, White Trash my brand Services.
1: Is what all is it? When you
0: we come do? back on the other well, side thank of the break, for asking. We, get we will a take a look at, at all the big matchups the throughout the area, area. We've been in four for Week years, Four,
1: and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll-off of companies.
0: And you know, y'all are y'all are big advocates for for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor? Uh, All all high school sports throughout the Victoria area.
1: High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character. teaches them about right and wrong. uh, How to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football.
0: And how can someone get a hold of white trash services to start their service, rent a roll off, or apply to be a part of your team?
1: You can give us a call at 361 550 1826 I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen so give us a call anytime 8 to 5 during the day and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things <laughs>
0: Welcome back to episode four of The Grid, and we're getting ready to preview the week four matchups, and oh boy, do we have a doozy right out of the gate. Number four, Quero in class 4A Division 2 versus number four, Cal Allen in 4A Division 1. We'll get to the previews, but Mike, you got to catch up with Quero legend uh, Robert Strait before... Before this game, and he's being inducted into the Quero Sports Hall of Fame, and the former Baylor standout is excited and a little bit nervous about being inducted, as he said in this interview with Mike Foreman.
1: Uh, it, it, it means the world to me uh, uh, to be in there with some of the best players I ever played in Quero. Uh, it's an awesome feeling. Uh, I'm kind of not used to it right now, but, but, uh, you know, I kind of feel embarrassed a little bit about it, but uh, just to be recognized by your school and to be put in there, you know, it's an amazing feeling.
0: Mike, you've, you've seen him, um, you've seen him play and, you know, he is one of the best, best to ever do it for, for Quero. What's, what's a memory that stands out to you about straights career uh, in high school?
1: Well, I would just say his his overall ability uh he he was a back that could do everything. He was big, he was strong, he was fast, he could catch the ball, he could run over people, he could run around people. And one of the things that I remember um, the quarterback of that team was Wayne Mathis, who uh went uh actually went to play uh, mostly baseball in college and is now a scout for the Pittsburgh Pirates but uh Wayne and uh and Robert they ran the option a lot and Wayne had the ability to pitch the ball at at almost any time I mean there'd be times they were 10-15 yards down the field and Wayne would pitch the ball to Robert straight and he would go on from there uh Robert knew how to be there he just uh Just a tremendous running back. Uh, Maybe, I would say, maybe the best I've ever seen in high school football. Just an incredible athlete. And of course, uh, that team, the 1987 Quero team, um, I'd have to put right up there as one of the best I've ever seen, too. A lot of talent on that team. It wasn't just Robert, but Robert obviously was the, you know, made that team go when he racked up the kind of numbers he did. It was uh it was an amazing season for cuero
0: and then we turn to the matchup and it's it's almost as tantalizing as the numbers that Strait put up in his in his high school career. I mean two story two storied programs, obviously Cal Allen under a new under a new head coach as Phil Danher uh, retired after last season, you know you look at this and this is one of those tests where it could prove that Quero is a contender or a pretender. I mean, I think we know they're definitely not a pretender, but if Quero can go out and win a game like this, do you think they should be in the conversation as a state championship contender?
1: Well, there's no doubt that I think Quero is a contender. Uh, you know, that, The the main thing this year is moving to Region 3, which puts them in a much tougher region when they get to the playoffs to make it down the road. But uh, as far as this matchup goes, this uh, this is the one I think everybody's really been looking for. Of course, you had El Campo, and that turned out to be not as close as everybody thought it would be. But uh, this is actually the uh, third-ranked team that Cuero's faced because Navarro was ranked when they played them. And if Beeville wins, they have Beeville next week. So that could be the fourth-ranked team. But as far as Cal Allen, this is an established program that Steve Campbell, who took over for f- Phil Danaher, and let's face it, uh, basically Campbell was running the show last year. Everyone knows that. So very few changes in the program for Cal Allen. So they're the same physical team that will run at you with the wing tee, but they'll also go to the spread. So you have to be prepared for both the wing tee and the spread. And as far as Cuero goes, um, you know, their defense, as we know, is outstanding. Uh, the, the offense, according to Coach Fikach, is still a work in progress but they seem to be getting better every week. And uh, as, as I know Jeremiah saw last week, they are very explosive and can, uh, they can strike from anywhere. And uh, this will be, I mean, I, I expect this game to be their toughest test until they reach the playoffs. So, uh, you know, that's not diminishing what they have to do in district. But uh, the quality of their opponent is is going to be right up there.
0: And then I'll be heading out to Elmaden for Industrial Tidehaven, a battle of two-and-one teams and teams that both made good, solid, deep playoff runs last year. And for Industrial, last week was kind of a, as head coach Craig Nairn said, it was kind of a, quote, why on the road? they could have gone one way or the other and they they chose the right way. They score in the final 30 seconds to beat bowling 29-27 and that's a good win because we all know we all know bowling much like Cal Allen is is a program with history and a and a program that's used to winning. So that's a, that's one thing for for industrial is they got that and that's kind of what they need with this with this young team and you know Ashton Garza, he's developing it as a passer, uh, but head coach Craig Nairn wants to see more out of him this week. Then you look at Tidehaven; they've won their last two, and and David Lucio, their head coach, you know he he wants them to keep this momentum as they're as they're heading into district next week, and this team averaging 425 yards per game. Joseph Dodd's doing exactly what what's been expected of him. 547 rushing yards for the Tigers. So that's kind of what we're expecting and and you know, it's going to be a tough physical game these two teams. They're they're both big, they're both physical and they love to hit each other. Then we'll we'll come back to Victoria County and we have an interesting storyline down in Bloomington. The Bobcats, under he- first-year head coach Brandon Krause, have a chance to go 3-1. and one. It would be the first time in eight years that Bloomington has won three games in a season. The Bobcats host Rungy at 7.30 p.m. at Bobcat Stadium. Kevin Ostrom will be covering that game for us. You know, you look at this Bloomington team n- – it, it seems like it starts with their quarterback, Samuel Barraza. He's doing well commanding the offense and, and, and passing the ball. They're spreading the ball out. You know, just how, how has that been kind of the main factor for this Bloomington team? And also, what can you say about them coming out, beating Pettis after, after that week two loss?
1: Yes, that's that's what impressed me about Bloomington is the way they bounce back because that hasn't been the case in the past. Usually when things would turn, you know, turn south, they would that would be it and they kinda of go downhill from there. But this year, uh, that didn't happen. They uh they went out, they got a win against Pettus and uh, you know, kinda of got themselves back on the right track. Um they, they have some weapons, and as, as the statistics show, they like to sling the ball around. So uh, Rungi's going to have to be prepared for that. Um, not quite sure what to make of Rungi. They had another tough game after, uh, after getting that win over um, Benavides. Uh, last week was another tough one for Rungi. Rungi's very young. They have a lot of freshmen on that team. So uh this is a game that's very winnable for Bloomington and uh that'll put them at 3 and 1 going into district which is uh, I mean at least you know when when you're 3 and 1 that's a lot different than 1 and 3 or 0 oh and 4 where you're looking at oh here we go again this year uh you know like he said uh, like coach Krause said uh these these kids on this team are not responsible for what happened in the past they have a chance to turn things around. Uh, Whether or not they do that remains to be seen. We'll see what happens in district because we all know what's ahead. I mean, their first district game is Refurio. So they have Refurio, Shiner, Ganado, Three Rivers has been playing well. So they're going to have a tough road to, you know, make the playoffs. But uh, what they've done so far is
0: very impressive. Jeremiah, you won't be too far away from that as you'll be – down in Port Lavaca to cover Yokum versus Calhoun. And I think if you asked Bo Robinson and Calhoun coach Richard Whitaker at the beginning of the season, if they thought they'd enter week four, 0-3, oh they might they might give you a a dumbfounded look. But that's where we are, Yokum 0-3, oh Calhoun 0-3. Oh you know, Jeremiah, this is a game f- for both teams where it can, it can potentially spark something because somebody's got to win after seeing yokum last week what do you think the bulldogs need to do the most in order to come out with a win in this one yeah well after after seeing the bulldogs last week i think
2: they needed to continue to run the ball well um but but i think what they what they really need to do is uh take some deep shots down the field i think they took about two or three deep shots during that that game against Quero, and you know they didn't convert on any of them, but they were right there. They were they were so close to to getting down the field and getting more first downs. So I think if they want to if they want to be able to win this game against Calhoun, they're going to have to you know continue to run the ball well behind uh, uh, you know their running backs and quarterback Ty Gordon, um, and they're going to have to take those deep shots. Um, but for for Calhoun uh, to you know have success and be able to win this game, I think they're gonna they're gonna really need to h- hold on to the ball because. You know, last week against Sinton, they lost 17 to 10. Um, they had six fumbles. Uh, they lost five of them. So, you know, if, if you're going to lose six, if you're going to have uh, six fumbles, you're not going to be able to, to, to beat anyone. So really what they need to do is just hold on to the ball, uh, continue to run the ball well um, with quarterback Jace Campos. He had about over 100 rushing yards. So, you know, for, for this game, I think it's really just going to be, be whoever runs the ball well and whoever's going to to be able to 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 hold on to the ball and not not turn the ball over. I think that's that's gonna be the really important thing in this game.
0: Then another game we're looking at the records are kind of flopped from what we thought they would be. Wharton two and one traveling to El Campo who's one and two. But El Campo picked up its first win last week and but Mike, what do you make of Alvin Dotson's Wharton Tigers? I mean two and one they snapped a they snapped a a losing streak and and this is a team that you know you you get those wins and you start believing uh you know how much belief are they going to need though to to beat this El Campo team who who does have plenty of speed and plenty of weapons around them.
1: There's no doubt Wardens has uh, been one of the surprise teams like Bloomington, a pleasant surprise. You know, uh, they ended the 22-game losing streak, and now they've won two games. Uh, they, they're having success with what they're doing. Um, whether or not they're prepared for uh, El Campo remains to be seen. Uh, El Campo has just dominated this rivalry lately. I think they've won like 18 of the last 20. Um, and it looked like El Campo got back on track last week beating Veterans Memorial. Um, I think uh, this, uh, you know, it's a game where Warden wants to continue to approve, and El Campo, of course, wants to win this game so it can go into district play with some momentum. So, uh, you know, Warden, um, they have a running back by the name of Raymond Hudson III. And if any of you people have been around as long as I have, you remember Raymond Hudson, the running back for Wharton. He was an exceptional running back for them. And I, I'm I'm pretty sure this is his son. And uh I'm not surprised to see those kind of numbers if he's anything like his father, because he was an outstanding running back. So we'll just have to see. Uh I'm not sure as far as health wise how El Campo is. Uh, but this uh I think uh this will be the last game for them before district. So
0: uh, I'm sure they'll want to have a good showing. Then lastly, we're going to get to the hardwood. How about the Calhoun Sandys 23 and four? They're up to number three in the state rankings and they just, they just look like a solid, solid team that could potentially compete for a regional title and, and, and a state berth. You know, they've they beat Orange Grove in four sets last night. Jeremiah, you were there. You were also there for for a game a couple of weeks ago for them. You know, this is a team that they lost to Fredericksburg last year in the playoffs and you know, they were they had a good senior group then. Now it seems like they're not missing a beat. Why is it that that Calhoun has just picked up where they left off and playing playing on fire right now
2: yeah I think the thing that's really different about this Calhoun volleyball team is that this team is like really deep I mean you look at their hitters they have about five hitters that you know on any given given game they could they could lead the team in kills Um, you know you look at your setters you got Bradley Christensen um, you know uh, last night's game against Orange Grove she had 40 assists Um, so you know they have a real deep team uh, as far as like hitters and setters and then you know, you look at their co- uh, the coach uh, Jenna Buz- Buzek, and you know she has just—you uh, you could tell she has a real good handle on the program. She knows, she knows what she's doing. She knows uh, how to get the girls motivated. And you know, this team is—is just—they're on fire right now. I think, like Sam said earlier, they're twenty-three and four, um, two and zero in district. So, you know, this team is just so deep. And I think, you know, if if they're going to continue to be successful, they just have to continue to know have a good play all around um on offense and as well as as defense so yes yeah, it's, it's it's looking good for the calhoun sandys and their
0: volleyball cr- program this year head coach jenna buzek had this to say after the 4 set win last night over orange grove it was it was a good game they were a pretty good team um
2: it, it's always good to beat a um a, a team that's competitive like that, and we hadn't seen that in a while, so so it, it felt good definitely
0: you know you you hear it there I mean Calhoun's doing doing really well shiner as well. they're up to number ten in the state rankings a fifteen a fifteen spot jump for the lady Comanches and they're really good. They had a really young team last year, and it seems like it's starting to translate for them on the court as well. That'll wrap it up here on episode four of The Grid. I want to give a huge thank you to our sponsors, American Shield Roofing and Construction, LLC, as well as White Trash Services. We also want to thank you listeners because without y'all, we wouldn't be at 15,000 plays so far through four weeks. So just a just a huge shout out to everyone involved, Kevin Alstrom, who helped get this thing going. We want to thank y'all. We'll be back next week with The Grid.